Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matt Webb. After Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, we are back. It's been a hectic period of fixtures which has seen us pick up three wins, three defeats and one draw. What have we learned about the R's squad in that time and what can we expect as the season really starts to take shape with the championship campaign already 12 games old. We'll be discussing all of the above while also catching up with one of the informed players in the QPR side, Naki Wells. It's not often you'd use those words to describe a striker yet to score, but he's certainly been integral in what has gone well for the R's. It's all coming up right here on the Loftcast. Since Webby, thanks for joining us on this week's Loftcast. Um, well, plenty to... To look back on, as we said there in the intro, there's been plenty of midweek games over the last few weeks. We've had a run of seven games in 21 days, starting with the wins in the league over Bolton and Millwall. And then we had the defeats to Norwich, Blackpool and Swansea. Then we got back on track ahead of the international break with the win at Reading and the draw against Derby. Since, coming to you first, how would you sum up that period? Because... In terms of a roller coaster, it really has been because the wins over Bolton and Millwall, and suddenly people are really starting to look up the table and what can be achieved. And then we had the narrow defeat to Norwich, what was a hugely disappointing result and performance against Blackpool to get knocked out of the Carabao Cup. And then we come back to Loftus, then sorry, then lose three 0 at Swansea, and it was almost feelings of going back to how the season begun. But now we got back on track with the four points in two games. It really has been a roller coaster. It has, uh, you know, the, the the games have come thick and thick and fast. There's been no respite. But yeah, it's been a it's been a strange sort of month or so, you know. And a, in your words, a real roller coaster. Some really really good performances and results. Some really poor performances, hence the results. Um, so yeah, it's just about getting that consistency. But I think we've showed in the games that we've done well what a good side that we 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 are and can be. And on the flip side of that, in the games where we've been really disappointing, it just shows you that you've got to be at it game after game after game, otherwise you'll come unstuck. It's important that we address the cup defeat up at Bloomfield Road rather than sweeping it under the carpet. Well, <laughs> it would be tempting. It was just a, a disappointing night. I have to say quite bizarre atmosphere there. Obviously, their fans are, are staying away for reasons that we won't go into on a QPR podcast, that's for a Blackpool podcast, but in terms of the, the atmosphere, there's only about a 1,000 people in the stadium, half of those were QPR fans. It was a strange atmosphere, but ultimately a, a disappointing performance and result. I don't think you can hide anything else, and it was a hugely disappointing performance and a, a hugely disappointing result. You know, um, we haven't been great in the cup over recent years. You know that's been well documented, and I felt there was an opportunity, certainly, to progress another round. But you know, coaches, managers um, have that luxury, if they like, to to change the team around completely. Steve went with that, and listen, if he gets that right, it's the right decision. If he gets it wrong, like he not he did, but the team did, and the the result goes against you, there are consequences. Mm. So it was a, that was a. It was a hugely frustrating night watching. It was a it was a strange sort of atmosphere, but they you know we went there. They they were in a decent run of form. I think they hadn't lost for ten or eleven games. They had you know hardly conceded gold, six clean sheets. So it was only always going to be difficult. But I just felt on the night we 
we were miles off. I think it was a little bit of everything. I think players that you look to step into the side with a point approved to the manager didn't deliver. Um, you know, we never really created anything as an attacking force. Uh, I think we showed a little bit of lack of discipline throughout the side. So, you know, you're putting all that into the mix and you're going to do well against whoever you're playing to come out with a positive result. So, so yeah, poor. I think I said that on commentary and it was up for up to us uh, as a club to respond to that. And uh, obviously then we went to Swansea and that didn't go the way we wanted to. But uh, since then we've been fine. You're right, since then we have been fine league-wise. Looking back since the arrival of Naki Wells, who we'll speak to later in the podcast, uh, Tom Ahmed and Jeff Cameron as well. Since they've arrived, we've had eight games and we've picked up 14 points, Webby. It's a, a very solid points return from that period. Yeah, I think we... Um, I was actually looking looking earlier and I think um, the, the eight games, um, Angel Rangel um, and Joel Rangel has been involved in... The eight games he's involved in has been four clean sheets. Um, so we're talking about the new signings and yeah, it's been... It's been great to have the added the boost of, of Naki Wells and Tom Hemmed up front, but I think he's someone that's really come in and in terms of the defensive defensive side has been some really solid defensive performances and, and clean sheets as well. I think it's for Joe Lumley it's five in five and nine. Um, so yeah, that that's been that's been something that's been a, a bit of a positive. The, uh, we're talking about the games, it's probably been the inconsistency, it's going from some really good performances to to some bad ones too. But I don't know what you think since, but it's maybe about in the games we haven't maybe done so well in we you know, played well for maybe the first ten, fifteen minutes but not scored and maybe that's been our downfall. Even at Reading, we're probably guilty of not winning the game by as comfortable margin as, as we probably should have. It's just about getting that consistency in it in any you know, any football team, any sport and event, any any environment that you go into. I'm a great believer, you know, when you're not at your best and there'll be loads of games through a season where you're not at your best. It's in those games, you stay in the game, you try and get something out of it. It's going to be very few games where you put in a fantastic performance and you know everyone's purring about you. You probably get two of them a season. You probably have three horrendous games a season. It's those other 40-odd games that are nip and tuck. Can you just do enough to, you know, to, to get that first goal, to get your noses in front and basically to, to grind things out to a degree? And looking, it's, it's almost hard normally, you'd say 10 or 12 games, then you can judge where your season's at. Because of our start to the season, the subsequent changes in personnel, the same changes in formation, it's quite difficult to do that at this stage, isn't it, for QPR? It is, because, you know, our season almost started after four games, mm. if, if you like. Um, I always say, and I've, I've said on here, so uh, and I'm not going to change my mind, the season or the league table starts to take shape after about 10 games. Well, we're past that point now. Um, but the league, it, I think it's incredible. It's tighter this year than it's ever been. You know, I don't think, choose my words carefully, I don't think we've really, really got started yet. And yet we're four or five points away from the top six. Um, vice versa, if you have a bad two or three games, four games, you know, you're, you're, you're looking over your shoulder. But the, the, the gap from... You know the bottom three to the, the top seven or eight is 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 nothing. So you've just got to you know find that consistency. Players have got to find that level of consistency in their own performance. And as I say, I think we've got good players. I think we've got a squad capable. If you if you look at a number of the league table, I think we're better than that. But you have to go and earn it. Nothing is given to you at this level. There was a, a recent change in formation following the Swansea defeat, and I think. Webby, he said in the press conference afterwards, you you were in there that 
um, sorry, not following the, the Swansea defeat, we had the 3-0 loss. And then after that, we had the win against Reading. And Steve McLaren actually said after the win over Reading that 4-4-2 had a, a lifespan and that ran out at Swansea. So he, he pretty much had decided 4-4-2 wasn't the way to go following the defeat to Swansea. Yeah, I think he pretty much alluded to the fact that... Um you know, given the starts of the season we had, obviously you had the the seven one at West Brom. Um, we just needed to find a system to, to stop the rot. It was such a, an awful start to the season that we needed to do something. It's almost like four four two was was there to serve a purpose for a month. Really, it was brought in to to kind of stop the rot and to, to see what we could do. And we saw the the four four one one at home to Mill. It was quite a good win, wasn't it? With with a beer in the hole, and it's something that he's now he's. Steve McLaren's now gone back to, and it looks like you know, it looks like we're getting a little bit more joy out of it. Yeah, well, you think we've had that formation for th- three games, and we've picked up seven points from those three games. So, yeah, it certainly seems to be effective at the moment. And I suppose that's the ultimate challenge for Steve McLaren, isn't it, for every manager? But the, the tactical challenge of getting the best out of your offensive players, and at the moment, like in the last couple of weeks, Tom Ahmed has been on the bench. Abira has become more central because obviously there's that feeling he's more effective through the middle than out on the right. Obviously, Naki Wells poses a huge threat and brings so much as well. So trying to get them all into the mix is, uh, is what the, the manager's job is. Well, that's the balance. And if any manager or any good manager and any good coach, you want your better players on the pitch. Um, but you have to find a way of, I wouldn't use the word accommodating, you've got to find a way of integrating them into a successful formula. Uh, and if that's chopping and changing or preferring someone or actually sometimes making a big call. Mm. I think the, the, the top managers and the coaches, they, they do that. And ultimately, you find a way that benefits your team. And if that's the way it benefits QPR, well, that's the way we have to go. OK, looking back at the last couple of results in particular, then the we mentioned it briefly there, but the win over Reading, it was a really important win, wasn't it, since? Because, like you say, we went into that on the back of three defeats and particularly the disappointment at Blackpool, the disappointment at Swansea. Our away form historically hasn't been good, I have to say, this season. It hasn't been too bad so far. But going into that game at Reading, there, was, there must have been on the players that certain degree of pressure we've got to stop the rot here because we've had a good run and suddenly we've gone into a, a bad run of form yeah the word pressure but uh, I think it was a game where it was there you could feel it you know you knew all about it I think um, the players in particular and the staff would have would have known there was a realization had been a really poor week prior to that there would have been a realization that there's an expectancy around the club to be better than what we have been in the, the week leading up to that. So that brings pressure. Pressure for me, first of all, as a player, comes from yourself and what you want to do uh, once you're named in the team sheet. You know, that's where the pressure comes from. It should come from yourself to perform and be part of a, a successful unit that gets positive results. So, yeah, we just come off the bag of three. Uh, uh, three defeats, hadn't scored a goal, hardly created a chance. So that does build, you know, you, there's noise from, you know, the external noise, quite rightly so, after a poor week. But um, the players would have been aware of that, but I thought they handled it brilliantly and put on a really good performance and got a great three points. My dad's always said, after a bad defeat, sometimes if you get a real bad defeat, like the three at Swansea, he said, sometimes a bad defeat is better than a narrow defeat because it forces the players to look at themselves and maybe 
iron out a few problems. And Steve McLaren said after the win over Reading that it's an honest group and people were, you know, making points to each other. That's important, isn't it, to have a dressing room that will not call each other out, it's probably the wrong term, but will be brutally honest. But Sometimes that's what's needed. Yeah, very much so. I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of that and I don't think it's done enough in the modern game from what I'm told. It used to happen a lot in my day um, where players used to almost do the manager's job for them out on the pitch and at half-time, uh, you know, wouldn't let each other away with anything. So, you know, for me, in the, 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 the certainly the two league games that we lost, we went from, you know, against Millwall where we were really on the front foot, we were really in Millwall's face, we really took the game to them. Norwich, I felt we sat off and allowed Norwich to dictate the tempo. That's 72% at Loftus Road. Mm. You know, um, then we went to Swansea and put on a, I don't think it was a bad performance, but I didn't felt we got close to them to stop Swansea playing. So, um, so I felt it redden. I don't know if that was said. I'm, I'm not privy to that, but I'm sure that would have been the gist of, you know, the players talking amongst themselves in team meetings. I'm sure it would have come from Steve. Come on, we're at our best when we get closer to people. We're at our best when we're on the front foot. And I think from the from the get-go at Reading, we did that. We played with a load more intensity, more energy. Tackles were flying in the middle of the park and we played in the opposition half. And no coincidence, that's a, another good performance where we won, where we're playing like that. And Webby, we had chances before going one nil up with Cousins, Leisner, Wells and Cousins again just before Leisner got the goal. Great to see the, the BFG get his first for the, 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 the club. It was, yeah, and you you spoke about did the players feel pressure? I think the, the celebrations, the celebrations after the goal, after after yeah. the win, the celebrations from the fans. I, I just feel that, yeah, that that showed you just what that that win meant, and you know what had gone before. I think it was a real real feeling of relief that the, the win came. And clean sheet as well. You mentioned that earlier, but Reading they might have been or they may be down the wrong end of the table, but prior to that game against QPR, they'd scored 14 goals in the league, which was more than Middlesbrough in third. So they haven't been shy of getting goals read in. So to, to keep them out was a good achievement in itself. But certainly there does seem to be a growing confidence amongst the back line. Yeah, Stephen Clarence said afterwards that he just he didn't feel we ever looked threatened. And it's, it's, well, I know he said apart from... <laughs> Reading hitting the post, which is true. But yeah, apart from that, it didn't really, they didn't really threaten us. And coming back to this point, really, I, there, was, there was a real chance to, to maybe score more goals and kill them off. And I think if we're going to see anything over this international break, what Man is going to work on, it's probably going to be, you know, when we start well, when, when we've got the upper hand in games, maybe to, to go on and kick on and really kill, kill teams off now. And since the celebrations at the end at the Medeski with the players going over to the fans, it showed what it meant not only to the players but also the supporters. The supporters who were magnificent at Reading. I think the supporters have been brilliant over a number of seasons. You know, we haven't had a great deal to shout about, but certainly in away games, you know, they they, they turn up their money, they pay uh, in their numbers, they pay their hard-earned money, they get right behind their team through thick and thin. You know, when it's they want to go to the game to see the team play well and win games. And if they see a performance and that's married up with a, a positive result, that makes their week. You know, we're the same. We we see us play well on a Saturday and get a positive result. It almost sets the tone for the week ahead. On the flip side of that, it can really make you feel down and despondent, but you, you've got to get up in the morning, you've got to go again. But uh, now it was a really, really good performance. I, I did have a little doubt at half-time after playing so well that we hadn't got our noses in front by one or two, and you're thinking, 
you know what, is it going to be one of those nights where we've completely dominated the game and they get a scruffy one or a set play, etc., etc. But we stood firm, great, uh, great three points, clean sheet, and uh, again, I, th I think we showed we were a good team that night. Going into the game against Derby then on the back of that win at Reading, Stephen McLaren had called for high tempo from the start and since QPR certainly delivered that, didn't they, right from the off? It was a, it was a really good game, great game. Both sides, I felt, from the off went at each other. And there wasn't a, a, a quarter given. You know, I think the rain and the pitch played its part. You know, it was, it was certainly end-to-end. -end. You know, tackles were flying in left, right and centre, things going on and off off the ball. Um, but no, we, we got on the front foot. I thought we were the better side for the, the opening 25 minutes and got hit with a sucker punch, go behind when you, you score scratching your head a little bit. Yeah, that was so frustrating, wasn't it, Webby? Because you look at that, we had Jake Bidwell's header earlier on at the far post, Naki Wells' header, and Naki Wells is deceptively good in the air as well. Like, he did Richard Keogh in the, in the air mm. for, for his header and went close. Um, so we had a good few opportunities, didn't we? And you're thinking, you know, Luongo had his shot. And then all of a sudden, pretty much with their first attack, and it looked like a defensive mistake, well, it was a defensive mistake, and it's drifted through and Jack Marriott scores them in 1-0 down. It was desperately disappointing. Yeah, it was, because uh, we talk about the chances. Jake, Jake's probably the, the, the pick of them. He's, you know, he'll probably think he should have done better, but good finish from, from Jack Marriott in the end. But, yeah, it was a, it was a disappointing, uh, disappointing um, defensive mistake um, that let them in. But... We we spoke about you know we started well in games. To be fair, since the, the bad starts of the season, we've had a number of good starts to games. Even though we haven't got got the results, and what was most pleasing, I know you'll probably come onto it in a sec, that was that you know we've we've gone behind as, as we've done previously, but we've actually we've come back. We showed resolve to come back, and that was one of the most pleasing aspects from from the game. I thought although we went behind, we, we came back and got the goal to to bring ourselves into it. Yeah, and it's not often you see a team seemingly time-wasting in the first half but Derby once they've gone one up and you're looking at oh they're gonna they're gonna see this game out they're already think, thinking about seeing this game out and taking their time so it was a, a huge relief to score so early in the second half and that seemed to set up the the second half of what it was because it was two teams that weren't interested in taking a point who were just going at it and like Steve McLaren said afterwards he said it was like two fighters towards the end of a fight just stood in the middle of the ring punching each other and it, and it was like that it made for such an open entertaining game didn't it that was a, I think it's probably the best game to watch from a neutral point of view this season you know it was end to end uh, you know chances sort of created but you're right the important thing is you know we, we went behind against the runner play it didn't seem to affect us which in other games had possibly certainly last season it did uh, a couple of this season, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the West Brom game, if I'm allowed to bring that back up, you know, when goals went in against us. Uh, but it didn't seem to affect us. And the, the start of the second half was always going to be important for me. I hear Derby saying about the free kick, and I know Frank wasn't very happy about it being given, but it was. Luke Freeman, great effort, keeper powers it. Naki Wills does brilliantly to, you know, to, to get onto the rebound. And I don't think you should underestimate his cleverness if you like for the ball that he needs to play he needs to cut it back behind the defender who's going to obviously close that near post and Jeff Cameron's on on hand to get his first goal you know then I'm looking at us and I'm thinking go on have we got the belief to win this game and I think we we showed that but credit to Derby you know they kept going they were pushing they were quick on the break they've got some good players and you know Frank's done a good job there and uh, we saw against Man United
Uh, what a good side he's got, but I thought we went toe-to-toe -to -toe and, if anything, just about shaded the game, but it was a really good spectacle. Yeah, very very enjoyable game, and like you say, it could have gone either way, but you have to mention Joe Lumley. You um, spoke to him after the game, Webby, but he pulled off a couple of important saves, and one that was moving through the air, and he yeah. got a great hand to it. Five clean sheets in nine appearances for Joe Lumley this yeah, season. It's not often, you know, you're at home and it's not often you, you after a home game you say, I'll settle for a point. But to be honest, it, it, it felt like a point in the right direction, really. It was such a great game. Derby really came, Derby came really, really strong at the end, didn't they? And, you know, after the game you think to yourself, well, you know, we'll, we'll take, not take the point, but, you know, the point earned because it was a... It was a really good performance from you both sides. You can walk sides. away happy with a point and happy. satisfied rather than had we lost it late on, it would have been a real sucker punch. Because as, as much as you know, as much as the wins, the wins have been welcome this season. It really did feel like, you know, arguably one of the better sides we've played this season. And it, even though we haven't won, you'd say it's probably one of our better performances. Mm. Well. Other news, of course, um, Abire Ezi called up for England under-20s this week, so he's away on international duty. And um, since he's the only person around the table who has any inkling as to what that feels like, how much will that do for him? I'll do, um, I'll do a tremendous amount for him. I'm, you know, I'm smiling as I'm speaking. I'm so pleased for the kid as well because it's a... Uh, it's a great story because a few years ago he, he had a big knockback in his career and that can, that can finish a lot of youngsters but he showed incredible resilience, uh, he showed incredible hard work, incredible dedication, you know he's, um, he's come in, he's knuckled down, he got in the side last year, we, we saw at the end of last season what he's all about, the ability he's got, so uh, I couldn't be more pleased for him as, as, as everyone in the club is, he knows himself, he's still in the infancy of his career, you know he's 30 odd games in, a lot of expectation on his shoulders uh, in and around QPR, but he's going around, going about his business in the right way. He will have ups and downs, but you know to get the call up, I think is just reward for what he's done over the past year and a bit, you know. And uh, I hope it goes well, and we're all delighted for him. And Webby, he does seem a very laid-back character. You can't imagine this or anything would go to his head. No, he's. Um I'm sure he'll take this the way he plays. He, you know, he always seems so so calm on the ball. He always seems such have such a a relaxed manner. So I'm sure he'll um, I'm sure he'll go there, and I'm sure he'll relish it and enjoy it. Yeah, he's up against Italy on Thursday, and then the Czech Republic next Monday. So we certainly wish Ibire and all the other Rangers internationals well over the coming days. Um, we hope they all return uh, full of confidence and fighting fit as well. Um, of course, another player who's done excellently for us this season is Naki Wells. He hasn't got that all-important first goal, but I'm sure that's just around the corner. Let's hear now from the R striker, Naki Wells. Well, Naki, thanks very much for joining us here on the Loftcast. Firstly, it's been a, a few weeks now. How have you settled into life as a, a QPR player? Yeah, I'll say I've settled in quite, quite well. Um, you know, it's been a still a short period of time but it feels like I've been here longer than it actually has been maybe due to the fact that there's been you know so many games in short succession um, that's probably ideal though so there's a new player sort of want to get in and just get yeah, the games going yeah I mean you know it's, it's it's difficult the demand the physical demand but it's something that I've always been used to 
haven't played in, in, in this league and in, in lower league. So I am used to the demand of constant games. But after not having that for a year, it was just sort of a slight shock to me. But I thought I've adapted quite well. I felt feel my body's held up far better than I expected. And I feel physically fine to be playing week in and week out again. In the, the modern day of modern footballer, if you like, there's always that talk of people just picking up a wage and they're sort of... They're, Desire is more about what they earn than how many minutes they play. For you, how important is it to be playing football? Because, of course, you could have sat with Burnley in the Premier League, but to be playing football, how important is that for you? Yeah, that's the, that's the most important thing. And I never had uh, encountered that sort of predicament in my career until I joined Burnley. I played at every club uh, a good 30-plus games each season. So to have had... That setback in regards to not playing the minutes I would have liked, not having got the opportunities that I would have liked, it was, you know, it was a real damper on my career. It was it was something psychologically that you know took a <clears throat> took a toll on me. But um, I knew that I had to come back and give everything this season at Burnley and try and right that wrong. And unfortunately, I was still not really given an opportunity. And if you want to look at it from the other angle, I wasn't able to take the very small opportunities that were given to me. So. Um, you know, the, the, the club thought it was best for me to go back out and get back playing and get back to my best. And this opportunity arose and I felt this was the perfect place to do so. And I feel that was definitely the right decision. You mentioned about not being used to not playing. Just looking at your career, since you, your breakthrough with Bradford in 11-12, you've averaged 44 games per season as an average so you're used to playing and then going into last season, you made 10 appearances with Burnley all off the bench. Mm. So mentally, how challenging is that? Yeah, it is challenging. Like I said, I had, you know, I only had experiences of playing, you know, obviously not always having it my way. It was different managers at different times. So I have to come to different spells of maybe not having a, a great run of goal returns, um, sometimes being dropped to the bench and having to work my way back off it. You know, that's a footballer's career. It's never like smooth sailing. So, you know, I just encountered something else that I had to deal with. Um, and I knew that when I got this opportunity that I was being given a platform to come and play. But then it was up to me to take those opportunities. And performance-wise, I feel I'm doing that well. As a striker, of course, I know I need to contribute as much as I can goal-wise. And I feel that is you know hopefully a matter of time until I can get my season up and running girl-wise because performance-wise I, I feel I'm doing everything else I need to do. At the top of the show we described you as in-form striker Naki Wells. Now admittedly you don't normally call an in-form striker a striker who as you've just said hasn't scored but mm -hmm. do you feel in form? I'd imagine as a striker you're desperate for that first goal but do you feel in form? Yeah it's weird. Um, it's weird after not really uh, you know, not having scored in a while, I sort of miss that urge of, you know, um, I can't explain what a girl can do for any striker that sort of has, is going sort of through a spell that I have. But most times um, when I've sort of had spells, because I've been, you know, I've been double figure games about a girl in my career. So I know what that's like and I know what it's like to come out of it at the end. But I've never felt that I've contributed or played as well as I have been whilst not scoring. Mm. So it's a bit weird. I still feel that I'm doing everything right. I still feel I have to keep doing what I'm doing, not put too much emphasis on that 
and just take the opportunities when they come. You know, I've, I've had a few opportunities that I feel I've let myself down on. Um, I would like to think that I can continue to create because, you know, I know factually that if I keep getting the opportunities, I will score them. I just have to keep doing what's right. And I know that if I'm not contributing with for girls, I have to contribute in every other way. So I'm trying to cover as much ground as I can. Um, being involved in a lot of girls, um, I'm doing everything possibly I can that's going to help the team win. And, you know, for someone that isn't scoring, um, I like to think that I'm trying to do and I'm doing everything else right. So hopefully once that first girl goes in that itch and then it's just a, a release and they continue to fly in. Obviously, we spoke about Naki being here a couple of months. Do you feel each day you're training, each game you're playing, the understanding of your teammates is growing because it's, it's evident for us to to watch and to see and also you, you know the league is so tight isn't it you, you see the league is the belief in yourself and within the squad that come on boys if we have a good month we can get right in the mixer yeah of course I mean we we know what a three game we can do and we know what picking up you know seven to nine points can do positionally wise we had that I think I think a few weeks ago we, I think we went three or four games unbeaten I think we picked mm. up you know, including cup games, maybe a few more, but we picked up some valuable points and that threw us in a position where we thought, okay, if we win a couple more games, where would that put us? Then unfortunately we had back-to-back defeats against two two good sides, um, you know, and, and and we probably didn't deserve to be beat 3-0 away to Swansea and probably were a bit unfortunate against um, Norwich, considering they were a very good side, but didn't really hurt us. Um, and we probably had the better better opportunities, but nevertheless, we lost those two games, and then it sort of pushed. Put, it felt like it was a big setback. But then to go away to Renham with uh, you know huge pressure of you know the fact that we could lose three in a row uh, is that the beginning of the season you know stuff mm-hmm. getting back into us. But no, we went away. We performed well, um, and we picked up a valuable valuable win and. You know, that took us into the derby game with uh, nothing to lose, really, to try and go out and end the week on back-to-back wins. And they were a very good side, and it was, I think, a very competitive game, you know, and I think it could have been either way. You know, we did have the chance, had a, a good chance in the end that I squandered. Um, but we came from behind as well. That's something mm-hmm. I don't think we've done this season. So we came from behind to, to, to pick up the, the valuable point. And we try and build on, uh, build on that, and, and, and go, you know, a good three or four games again unbeaten, and you never know where that takes you. What's the squad like as a as a group? It, like I say, you seem to have settled in very quickly, and it does seem to be a group that enables people to settle in quickly. Yeah, it's a good group. You know, I, I think a lot of that goes down to the manager. I think he deserves a lot of credit in that aspect because he told me before I joined that I'll enjoy the group and you'll settle quickly and it was rightly so honest. It was it was an easy transition. You know, I think uh the players that were brought in were brought in with with an understanding that we were going to sort of be pivotal for what the club was moving forward. So that helps mm-hmm. you so you know you sort of feel an emphasis of okay, there's a, a reliance on us. So you, you know you feel that presence and that helped because I felt we came in and you know people were looking at us to try and and help, and I think we we, we did give that percentage um, in that direction, and I feel we're still moving in the right direction. I think it's a good mix between young talent and and experience, 
and we all know that the club want to move forward and try and bring players through and it's a lot of good young talented players that you know us as older pros or more experienced players can prove pivotal for them. Do you like the responsibility and almost the pressure? Like you say, you, you felt you come in and people are looking to you and going, right, mm -hmm. you know, we've made a, diff a poor start to the mm -hmm. season. There's no getting away from that. Yourself, Tom are coming in, Jeff coming in and Angel coming in just before you as well. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that pressure? Did you like that? Yeah, not on hindsight, I, I do feel it was good because I do feel like I, I feel like I have that importance again, mm -hmm. that reliance on me after not after almost sort of not having that, almost being an outsider in a football team. I had that for like a year at Burnley. I almost felt like an outsider, I almost felt unimportant, you know. But you get that from playing, you get that from constant opportunities. And that's what I've been given here. And, like and that's I no said, slight on Burnley when you're saying yeah, you feel yeah, unimportant. Yeah, no, it's that's just, just not being That's just inside. what it's a natural. player feels like when they were in my position. You know, it's difficult because... You know, it's it's it was cre it's credit to the players that were in front of me. You know, the Ashley Barnes, the Chris Woods, the Sam Bokes. They done all fantastically well. That I was unable to get my opportunity. They done what they had to do for themselves and for the team. And look, we you know finished seventh in the Premier League. I can't really be <coughs> unthankful for that mm -hmm. because I played in a side that finished in a European spot. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to it. You know, I'm training with very good players. You know, um, playing. You know, getting England call ups. Very good players. So. You know, the opportunity was fantastic and I still think I've come on loads even though I haven't played. Mm -hmm. I think my all-around game is 100% better than it was. So once it all comes together, once I get the girls, once they start to flow, I think I think you're going to see the best me that there has, there has ever been. Do you still feel confident? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'll lose that because I, that's what's got me to where I mm -hmm. am today. Um, so I know... It's not the end of the world because I'm doing everything I need to do. I just need to keep doing what I'm doing, not overemphasize it, and take the opportunities when they come. It's as simple as that. And build on what I'm doing and try to be better and better. And that's all I can do as a pro. You know, this, the game means everything to me, so I try and be as professional as I can. And I'm just excited because I'm, I'm playing football again and I'm enjoying it. So it's the most important thing. That's so refreshing to hear. It's great to hear that. Mm -hmm. But uh, targets, Naki Will's targets for now till the end of the season. Yeah. Do you set yourself any? Or do you set yourself um, at the start? Or do you not share them with know, anybody? Or? I don't. You know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I like to say this. I'm playing regular football. So at a minimum, it's double figures in terms of goal tallies. But at the same time, I try and put a target as the team. I think we yeah. can't not believe that we can get in a playoff position. It's not, we can't believe that promotion isn't possible because it is mathematically you know we're a handful of points away from being in a position that we were snatched but would that be something off. you stress to the group because you, you've been there you've seen yeah, you've done I mean, it before, I, you, you know, know it's not just me I think I, I even think there's a few players that yeah. are younger players that you'd be quite surprised that have that belief so you know maybe the star dictated that it'll be very difficult to do so but like I said, you go and win three games in a three-game week and then we're in fifth or sixth, then all of a sudden it's definitely possible and we're definitely capable of doing that. So, you know, I'm not trying to over... I'm not trying to overachieve. I just think we just have to have the belief if you're going to finish in the playoffs, you have to believe that it's possible. And mathematically it is. And, you know, we just have to continue to do that. And if we come up short, we, we you know, we miss out. But... Main thing is to stay far away from the bottom as possible and try and, and get as far as up the table as possible. 
Just finally, how are you enjoying playing in front of the QPR fans? Because I think what summed them up perfectly and their their feeling towards you was when you, you missed that chance against Derby and you started hammering the mm. turf. Fans were frustrated for you as well. Mm. They desperately want you to score as much as you want to score. How are you finding playing in front of them? I know it's great. It's, 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 it's very different down here, but like I, I, I've said prior to coming here, I, lo- I always loved coming here. It's a unique ground. It's not like any really any other club you know in the country so the fans the fans are great you know even for me now I've only had constant um, you know well wishes and, mm. and, 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 and thankfuls for coming in and doing great and they understand they know what it's like for a striker they know that we all go through these little spells of, of not scoring and, and, and it's difficult but they've backed me and they and the, the you know the, the express and how thankful they are for my performances and I'm contributing so I know that, you know, then I'm doing something right. I'm doing everything else right. Let's just continue to do what I'm doing, not change that, and, and start scoring some goals. Great to hear there from Naki. And since it's also great to hear him feeling so confident in himself, and rightly so, because his all-round performance has been excellent. Yeah, I've been I've been really impressed with him. First of all, he looks like he's playing, and we've just seen there he's got a smile on his face. Uh, he's enjoying his football. He's playing games regular, which he uh, he's just alluded to is is so important. I think since we signed him, I think the signing of um, him and Toma Hemmer before the Wigan game give everyone a lift. You know, you've only got to look at their record um, at this level. There's goals in them, um, but yeah, Naki's energy. He, Defending from the front has been absolutely fantastic. That's your first line of uh, defence. His movement, his, his, his game understanding and know-how, bringing other players into the game, all being first class, all he's lacking is that elusive first goal. But, listen, you don't have a record like his. It's it's not too far uh, away. Let's hope it's very, very soon. Let's hope it's in the next one. And I think once he gets that first one, as he's already said, um, he'll, he'll continue to push on. But I've been... I've been very, very impressed with him as a as a player in and around the training ground and certainly what he's brought to the team. Top draw. Yeah, he has indeed. Um, and also looking back to the game against uh, Derby as well at half-time and indeed before the game, there's plenty of activity down on the pitch. Um, just a word on uh, Frank McClintock, who's inducted into the Forever Rs and since obviously you were crucial to, to that happening and how much did he enjoy his day? He had a fantastic day, you know, Frank, he's been, um, for various reasons, more personal than private reasons, he's been a bit um, hard or elusive to get back, but, you know, um, club legend, part of our best ever side, you know, so um, delighted to see him come back, he had a fantastic day, looks great, um, you know, personally I've got a lot to thank Frank for, you know, he signed me at Brentford when my career was drifting, if you like, and sometimes in your career you just need someone to believe in you, to get you going again. Frank did that. So from a personal point of view, it was great to see him. Also, it was fantastic that once we knew Frank was coming, we spoke to a few of his former teammates who expressed a real desire to come back to the game. Uh, and, you know, um, I always love to see him back with Dave Thomas. You know, mm. he, he was at the game. Johnny Hollins, Ronnie Abbott, um, you know, and, and Don Shanks, who I know you interviewed uh, prior to the game about a fantastic thing that he's doing on behalf of Alzheimer's and particularly his mate Stan so um, that was a 
it's always nice to see the old, um, the the older players come back. They're they're held in high regard, as quite rightly they should be. Huge part of our history, huge part of our past. We'll never forget that. And as I say, there's an open invitation for whenever they want to come back to Loftus Road. Great stuff. And just a word on Don Shanks, as you mentioned there, he's doing the uh, New York Marathon incredibly on the 4th of November, 26 miles at the sprightly age of 66. It's an incredible challenge that he's given himself to raise funds, not only for Stan Bowles, but also for the QPR Number 10 Foundation and for Alzheimer's Society. Um, credit to him because he, he's really standing by Stan Bowles, isn't he? Well, what a what a friend, mm. what a mate, you know, if if we're all fortunate in life to have a friend like what Don's been to Stan, well, you know, we've been quite lucky. You know, the, the things he's been doing and continues to do, 66 to take on what he's going to take on. You know, he was telling me the other day he's, he's pounding the roads early in the morning. I think he's after about 18 miles, you know, but... Um, but actually, I think from a flip point of view with Don, it's actually given him a focus and a purpose as well. So it's actually benefiting him. Yeah. But uh, now the guy does uh, deserves a massive amount of credit. And I know he's really well thought of by everyone at QPR, the fans, and for what he's doing even more so. So we wish him luck and um, hopefully he can raise as much as he possibly can for a fantastic or fantastic causes. Absolutely. And if you do want to show your support for Don Shanks, just... Google Don Shanks Marathon. All the details are there. Show your support for Don. An incredible effort. He's putting his body on the line for Stan Bowles. That's the 4th of November when he's competing in the New York Marathon. So we certainly wish Don well. Thanks for listening to the Loftcast. We'll be back next week to look ahead to Ipswich Town and Sheffield Wednesday. (laughs) 